Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah is not the proper <laughs> response to a stinger at the end of a theme song. Ooh. That's a Ooh. proper response to Stinger, getting stung. Yeah, I don't know why we decided on whoa. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's. I think it works on every level. Initially, we were trying to be surprised by it, but whoa is also <laughs> kind of like we're in awe of it. Yeah, I think it sounds more like we think wow. we have the best intro. Yes, gets me every time. <laughs> okay. Hi, welcome to Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. In this podcast, we read and analyze stories we wrote as children, delving into the inner workings of a child genius's mind. I'm Theo. I'm Joseph. And I think we need another sentence to cap it off. We don't have (laughs) And we need another sentence to cap it off, I think. That's the sentence. (laughs) And I'll just play us both (laughs) saying that at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we should probably say it with a little more confidence. Uh, The thing about us needing another sentence? Yeah. So it feels conclusive, right? Oh, so we're saying it right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's do this. Okay. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. And, and we, we need, need another <laughs> sentence to cap it off. I you think. went so much higher on the confidence level than I was expecting. It caught me by surprise. I was thinking I was just going to say it, and uh, you know, with with a little bit of conviction. But you you went full on like Morgan Freeman narrator voice. I know. I'm looking at my waveform, and I definitely clipped. There's definitely some distortion there. So you nailed it. I feel a little guilty about that. Sorry for ruining the podcast with my clipping. <laughs> I ruined it. By laughing, but keep it. <laughs> okay, so that was great. So this episode, I'm not even going to worry about Three Cowboys because I want to try to get through more of Quest of the Dragon. Is that cool with you? It's cool with me, but I'm curious. Can we do? Can we just do like a quick, <laughs> like just a? What are our downloads at? What are our ratings and reviews at? What are yeah. They? Okay. I guess I sort of predicted that you were going to ask that because I already had the tab open. Wow, I'm so conceited. Three Cowboys has 20 total downloads. Ooh, that's more than before, that's right? Definitely more than before. We've broken the 2 <laughs> We've broken the 2-0. <laughs> I'd be terrible at commentating sports. <laughs> anything with numbers. Yeah, especially anything with double digit numbers. You can't seem to yeah. <laughs> figure those out. Not basketball. I, I'd be lost. Oh, is that the 3-5 <laughs> yard line? Is there a 35-yard line? There, there <laughs> There's definitely. Oh. There are two 35-yard lines. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. Glad we clarified that for our <laughs> podcast about stories you wrote as children. Yeah. <laughs> Asking the important questions. Wasn't there one episode where we started saying it was like sports hour or something? <laughs> Bro- 
Probably. You know, all those crazy tangents we go on on our you podcast, all those crazy things you say. Because there's <laughs> transportation hour and there's something else. We need some more intro music for each of those segments. We need like a, <laughs> whenever the news uh, switches over to sports, they always have a little jingle. Oh, okay. Or it could just be like sports sounds like, ugh. Like, <laughs> guy getting hit in football. I'm like, yeah. Touchdown. Is That's that good. One? You'd Is that be one? a good commentator. Oh, how about this one? How about this one? This is me playing baseball. Woof. I missed it. All right. Nice. <laughs> Strike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Presumably, you'd be commentating other people playing baseball. I'd be up to bat, and I'd say, swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> Before the pitch even comes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not good at baseball, so. Me I'm not good at football either. I don't know the rules to either of those games, actually. Like, I, I, I know, like, 90% of the rules, but, like, that last 10%, that'll get you, right? It will get you. Yeah, so, like, 20 can, to... Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I don't know much about baseball either. <laughs> just had, I had to fit that in there. That's a very important okay. thing for me to say. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> can't wait to edit that out. Okay. Yeah, so Three Cowboys has 20 total downloads. And I can't help but mention that Quest of the Dragon has 16. You said 21, right? I just want to clarify. No, I said 20. 20? 20, yeah. Pretty sure you said 21. <laughs> the good thing is we are recording this conversation, so we can see what I said later. That's true. <laughs> I'm still going to be adamant that you said 21, even though we can easily check that. Oh, so before when you said we broke the 2-0, you thought we had passed the 2-0. Yeah, I thought we were well past it at the 2-1. <laughs> yeah. I will point out, I mean, not to be competitive, <laughs> this isn't a beef episode, I know, sure. but Quest of the Dragon has 16 downloads. So oh, It's sneaking up on me. Catch it up, sneaking up. Well, I'll say this as an excuse. Quest of the Dragon is, it's a punchier title. It's a, it's more of a attention grabber. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't up for those cheap tricks when I wrote my book. Yeah, and still not a rating or review for either of the books. Underrated. <laughs> yeah. I say it every time. Saying it again. I'm sure the listeners appreciate it being reiterated. Has to be said. Oh, I also had one other thing I wanted to talk about. And this isn't going to take long. <laughs> this is not about Three Cowboys. It's not part of our Three Cowboys saga. Remember when you told that story? I think it was like episode four. Uh, you told the story about Ralph humping you? <laughs> Ralph being grandpa's dog? Yeah, I know that story well. I don't remember <laughs> telling it. I'm a little embarrassed now that I told it, but I do remember it well. Yeah. It was very traumatizing. That sentence in itself isn't very funny. <laughs> But the funny part that you told is that later Ian <laughs> tried to also get humped by Ralph to get some laughs, but Ralph wasn't going for it. Yeah, big shout <laughs> and out. And then you said that Daniel told, your brother told his girlfriend that story, right? Yeah. And that when he told her, he failed to mention that Ralph was a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and she thought it was one of our uncles. Yes. Okay, so then I sent her a message saying, remember when Uncle Ralph humped Joseph? And she said, yeah, except it was Uncle Andy. It's like you weren't even there. And so I don't know if you remember the difference between Andy and Ralph, the two dogs that Grandpa had. Barely. I remember what Andy looked like more, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If Andy humped you, I think you would be dead. Yeah, he was scary. <laughs> right? He was a monster. <laughs> he was like 
so mean. Yeah. yeah, so mangy. He had mange, yeah. He had mange because I think Uncle Michael tried to take him to the vet one time, and he was in the back of the car, and he broke through the back windshield and broke through the window because he couldn't handle <laughs> being in the car. I never heard this. Yeah, he just, like, smashed through the window. Yeah. That's how scary that dog was, and that's why it's so funny that she thought it was Andy who was the one humping you. That would have been really traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. I might not be here today. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Andy was such a jerk. He would always... Okay, so my dog Marshall would go to Grandpa's house sometimes with us. I should be calling him Claxton, right? We're supposed to call him Claxton. People, <laughs> have we been getting that comment a lot from our listeners? Yeah, it tested way better with the focus groups. So. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. Claxton. Marshall would always be walking around, just sort of, you know, doing his own thing, trying to find food that someone dropped or maybe something on someone's plate so that he could eat it, you know, steal their food, just doing his own thing. And Andy would always stand over him and just put his head over Marshall's neck and try to intimidate him. Yeah. <laughs> and he would do it for an entire weekend. Just every minute of the weekend, he would be doing this. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where Claxton got these dogs. They, yeah. they were never trained in any way. They were wild animals that he yeah. fed. <laughs> yeah, they weren't neutered. Yeah. They, they weren't healthy. <laughs> they were mangy. They were mean. I don't even know what companionship he felt with either of these dogs. <laughs> What made him think to say, this is my dog? He should have just said, this is a wild animal that I keep at my house that terrorizes any guests I have. Yeah. I mean, he had to have found them, right? Like, I don't, yeah. he didn't even seem like the kind of person who would go out and adopt a dog intentionally. Uh, like yeah. a dog showed up at his door and he fed it some food and yeah. proceeded to terrorize his grandchildren. <laughs> and he was cool with that. <laughs> Andy was a really scary dog. I, I definitely avoided him i think i tried to pet him once and he snapped at me and i just never tried again but he would always sort of stand next to you yeah and act like you should be petting him but right? you better not pet him because <laughs> he'll bite you there are a few spots on his head where you could sort of touch and he wouldn't mind it that much <laughs> he'd say so yeah never got a good cuddling with that dog i'll say i'll say that much about him no uh yeah so that's all i really had to cover in the intro do you think that was a good by enough the way intro? Oh. that this just Sorry. reminded me of um claxton <laughs> and how i don't even know why this thought appeared in my head the other day but it did and i texted my brother and i was like didn't grandpa write a book? Didn't Claxton write a book? <laughs> oh my and, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I want to buy this book. Where can I obtain a <laughs> copy of this book? I actually looked on Amazon. <laughs> I was like, what? There's some wild half chance that I could find it online. Did you check Smashwords? I did not check Smashwords. <laughs> Long story short, I have the book now. It was hand bound by our uncle. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah, I just told Daniel and he sent me his copy of the book. He apparently had one. I have not read it yet. I'm really excited to read it. It's next up on my reading list. Okay. Can we say what the title of the book is? Because that's the funniest thing. It's pretty thing. bad. It's <laughs> Yeah. Isn't it it's called 75 Years to Prove a Point? 72, but yeah. Oh, 72? Really? Which is exactly how long he was married to my grandma. Just think about like. Your vows on your wedding day are, we're doing this to prove a point. Proving a point. That's the best reason to get married. 
that book will probably be a bonus episode, right? I, <laughs> possibly. I, I do also kind of like how it's 72 years of proof point, and that's exactly how long they were married. Like, it wasn't, they got married because they loved each other, and then, you know, 30 years in, he started trying <laughs> to prove a point. No. <laughs> From the day they got married, day one, he was ready to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read it yet. It, it could be an excellent book. I don't know. Okay, so. The Claxton Update. That's just another segment of our... What would the soundbite for that be, for Claxton Update? <laughs> yeah, maybe update's not the best word. Not too many new oh, happenings. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a funny joke, but is it too dark? I don't know. That's it. I don't know it's if I pretty dark. It. <laughs> I don't know if that could go. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to release two versions of this episode, one with a joke and one without, and we can say for our, our more squeamish <laughs> listeners. The dirty version. <laughs> the unrated version, yeah. Is that dirty is definitely not the right word for that, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that was a pretty good intro. Yeah, let's read Quest of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we managed that intro in much less time than we usually do with all that Three Cowboys stuff, so, <laughs> so that's good. We still got the core info. 21 downloads. Or sorry, 20. <laughs> nope. <laughs> 21. 20. <laughs> okay. I can download it once so you can get the 21 downloads, okay? Uh, thank you. Actually, I still haven't downloaded it. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of work putting it up there, but whatever. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get to the podcast proper. So we're going to talk about Quest of the Dragon. And I cut all the three cowboy stuff this episode because I wanted to make sure we got through the first chapter of Quest of the Dragon. And let me just say... I've scanned a little bit of it. There's some fantasy. Oh, It's yeah. getting good. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see, but my feeling about it is it gets less funny once there's fantasy. It's like my misunderstanding of the real world is much more entertaining than my fantasy world because I feel like my fantasy world, I actually had a better grasp on than the real world. <laughs> I agree that your grasp on reality is hilarious, but I loved the little pieces that I that I scanned over. <laughs> okay. Just want to say I'm excited about it. We're going to get to the end of chapter one. The first chapter is the longest, so that's why it's taken us so long. It's also the only one I finished. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also one of two. <laughs> <laughs> really more like one out of one and a half chapters. <laughs> By the way, I just downloaded three cowboys, so there you go. Oh, nice. 21 downloads. Or there I go. So do you remember what <laughs> we left off on? So... I think we we left we left off on the, on the Walmart scene. Yeah, and he meets David, and David is kind of important. Yeah, like, and he was buying glasses for him. <laughs> yeah, three hundred dollar glasses yeah. for this kid he just met. Clearly, something's going on there. But he only had thirty. Yeah, he only has thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah. So the Walmart cashier smiles at him and gives him an IOU for thirty dollars, which is a totally normal thing for a Walmart cashier to say. <laughs> oh, no problem. Pay ten percent now. And the other Ninety percent later, I'll just hand you a slip of paper saying you owe two hundred and seventy dollars. I'm sure you're good for it, little kid. And the manager comes over and he's like, "All right, that's it. You can't keep doing this. You are fired. This is not our policy." And remember, Elias had walked into the fantasy world, but now we have one final scene with Devin before we go back to Elias. So you ready? So ready. Here we go. So this is Devin, and he's in bed. Devin turned his light off and got into bed. After he got on the bus. He noticed that Elias hadn't gotten on. Something was wrong. Elias always got on the bus before Devin and never waited until the next bus came. Devin thought about what he had told Elias. Elias probably found out another way to see more of the locker or something. 
I think that's just such a funny assumption for Devin to make. What does he mean by seeing more of the locker? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but he doesn't know that the locker has a fantasy world inside it, right? No, no. Elias is the one who knows that. Right? So Devin just thinks he wants to see more of a normal stinky locker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very stinky normal locker. Correct. <laughs> It was Elias's discovery, right? Remember he said, this is the best discovery yet. Yeah. <laughs> I clearly sort of forgot who knew what in this book. Um, uh, it's okay. I have too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Elias probably found out a way to see more of the locker or something. <laughs> also the or something at the end of the sentence. It was probably this exact thing that Elias did. Or anything or, else. Or anything else. <laughs> Devin was confused. He felt the man in the silver ball had something to do with Elias's absence, but he didn't know what. Did the man kidnap Elias, and now he was taunting Devin? <laughs> His own brain was soon confusing him, so he went to sleep. What I love about that is the idea that someone would kidnap someone... <laughs> And then <laughs> leave to go taunt their friends who you're not yeah. also kidnapping. You're just taunting them and you're not keeping an eye on the person you just kidnapped. Maybe that was the whole point of the kidnapping. He just <laughs> wanted to taunt Devin and he needed something to taunt him about. Oh, commit a felony. <laughs> Every kidnapper has the ability to appear in a silver ball in the ceiling of Walmart also. Right, you know? <laughs> I'm curious, when you were a kid, did you sit in bed and your mind just like ran through lots of thoughts when you were a kid? Did I think as a child? No, <laughs> I didn't think at all. If three cowboys is any evidence, <laughs> no, you didn't think. <laughs> I think of that as like a stressed adult thing to do, to sit in bed and just run over the same thoughts over and over in your head. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But I know I did it like all the time yeah. when I was a kid. Like I would always be making up stories in my head while I was supposed to be going to bed. Do you feel like you did that? Uh, Yeah, I probably did sometimes. It def Yeah, it definitely sounds like more of an adult thing. I remember one time I had just seen It Takes Two, the movie with like two twins. Uh, I think it's either the Olsen twins one or the one where Lindsay Lohan plays two kids. It's two kind of like similar twin movies. I thought that was called like The Parent Trap or something. No, there's also one <laughs> called It Takes Two. Oh, you're probably right. Probably mixing it all. It's like the, the B-list celebrity version of <laughs> Parent Trap. <laughs> it's like the store brand like or like made for TV version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, but I remember like sometimes I would think about like sequels to movies and think about what the advertising would be, yeah. like what the trailer would be like. And I remember thinking the sequel for It Takes Two, <laughs> the trailer would be, you've seen It Takes Two, but are you ready for It Takes Four? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I had gotten through like It Takes Eight and It Takes Sixteen. <laughs> I was thinking about all the trailers and what they would be. And then my dad came into my room and he was like, Theo, you're really supposed to be sleeping right now. Because I had actually been saying it all out loud without realizing wow. it. Wow. <laughs> I'd just been like narrating it, narrating these trailers in my head for like movies that I had just like a bare bones premise of. I was supposed to be sleeping. I also like how it, in your head, it's got to be an even number. Like my, <laughs> in my head, the sequel to It Takes Two would be It Takes Three. Oh, yeah. Now you go to four. <laughs> it's not even even numbers. It's powers of two. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like binary. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess there'd be a prequel called It Takes One. It Takes One. <laughs> it just takes one person. It doesn't sound like a very difficult task. Okay. Yeah, so that's the end of that scene with Devin. 
Oh, and the, sorry, the last sentence of that paragraph is, because we have to cover this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we yeah. have to at least mention the fact that the last sentence is, his own brain was soon confusing him, so he went to sleep. It's his only defense mechanism. It's just It just goes to sleep whenever he's confused. <laughs> it's also the, on, the only way to get confused is by your own brain. <laughs> you don't get confused by someone else's brain. <laughs> I guess so. What if they gave you a riddle, you know? Well, sure, but your own brain is the one that's confused. <laughs> oh, wow. You're getting kind of philosophical on us with this. Oh, am I? Yeah. Is this metaphysics hour now? <laughs> okay, Joseph, you got to cut down on the segment <laughs> making. I can't make a jingle for yeah. all of these. You got to cut down. We're going to completely lose track of all of these segments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. He just sounds so pathetic. His own brain was soon confusing him, so he went to sleep. <laughs> He's got to get it together. It's also just the weirdest way to say that. Like, it sounds like it was translated from another language, right? His own brain was soon confusing him, so he went to sleep. I would say a lot of this book seems like it was translated from another language. Yeah, so that's the end of Devin's paragraph. There was a storm coming in this new world, and Elias was amazed. How could a world with weather get into a locker? So, yeah, you know, I get there are trees and, like, civilizations and big rocks, but... But weather. But weather? An old stinky, no less? Yeah. I just like how the idea that there's weather makes it this world seem bigger somehow. Like, it could fit easily in this locker if there was no weather. <laughs> that whole weather thing really beefs up the size of this world. Yeah, and it's also not even like, how could a storm fit in a locker? It's weather. Like, even if it's sunny, that's weather, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. How could there be a world without weather? That's the real question. He walked farther along and soon came to a palace. He walked up to it and knocked on the door. The door creaked open, and there inside the door was a giant lion. It had huge red wings and razor-sharp teeth. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. I'm scared. I mean, the razor-sharp teeth, that's kind of cliche, but the red wings, you know. <laughs> what do you want? asked the lion. I, I, I came here from another world. I was just silence. The lion yelled, making the earth under Elias' feet shake, which is so good. It's like, what do you want? And then he gets halfway through his answer, and the lion says, silence! Immediately silences him. I actually thought that yelling silence was a little more befitting of a lion with huge red wings and razor-sharp teeth. I thought the original, what do you want, (laughs) as the lion was (laughs) the interesting part to me. You just walk up to a palace, there's a giant lion with razor-sharp teeth. Hey, what do you want? (laughs) That's how I read it. It probably wasn't using that tone of voice. (laughs) Yeah, that's a weird... Weird tone, Joseph. I feel like when I read What Do You Want, it's often like kind of rude. What do you want? Yeah. Like he's busy doing his own thing. He's just like texting someone, then looks up from his phone. <laughs> what do you want? I just thought it would be a little more eloquent. Like, uh, I don't know. Just... <laughs> like, you have arrived at the Grand Palace of yeah. the Wizard. What do you desire, youngling <laughs> or something? I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't considered that Yeah. What do you want? Maybe he did realize how ridiculous he sounded, and that's why he was like, oh, I better say something a little more fitting. Start over. Silence. Silence. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in mind for later in the podcast. If I ever mess up and you start talking again, I can just say silence. It's a perfect reset button. You use that at work. Silence. Use that anywhere you want. Like, the waiter comes to the table. And what will you have this evening? 
<laughs> Silence. First, you have to say something that you that you're embarrassed by. You're like, well, I'm not sure. Wait, no silence. You're like at an Italian restaurant, and you're like, I'll have the tacos, and they're like, we don't have tacos. <laughs> silence. I said spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what do you think Elias was going to say? I came here from another world. I was just X. Like, it's E-X, and then he's just cut off. Oh, that's a good question. I didn't even think about that. Excited? And I was just <laughs> excited to meet you, <laughs> Lion. Yeah, nice save. Yeah, I, excited or expecting? Probably exploring, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because be. he was doing that, yeah. Yeah. Excavating? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably exploring. Yeah, that's a good guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, too bad that wasn't funny. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Master, someone wants to see you, the lion roared to the stairs. Take him up, a deep voice commanded. Nice deep voice. Really? You think? Yeah. I'm probably even going to pitch it down a little more during the edit. Yeah. Oh, nice. Cool. <laughs> but I also like how he just says, okay. he asks him what he wants, he silences him, and then he says to his master, someone wants to see you. Says he really did not care what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't give a shit. Not no at all. point in asking that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. And he also just like makes an assumption. <laughs> the lion picked Elias up and trotted inside the palace and up the stairs. The lion's trot? <laughs> yeah, I know. Such a weird verb to choose. Yeah. The inside was much different than the outside. Which I would argue is true of most buildings. But. Yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty typical. <laughs> I'd be a little more concerned if the inside looked exactly like the outside. <laughs> Whoa, Joseph, that would be cool fantasy. You just walk inside a door. Well, that would just be a doorway without <laughs> a house. You would. It would just be a freestanding door frame. <laughs> <laughs> like a wall with a door. Yeah. <laughs> I could make that. That's not so fantastical. Yeah, this book is so dumb. Okay. <laughs> Candles were lit on the stone walls so you could see. Who knew? Yeah. The armor that hung off the walls jingled as the lion's tail brushed These are great details. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, so listen to this. This immediately sent me back to we had our family computer in my mom's studio, but sort of off in the corner of her studio, we had our computer, and I was sitting at that computer with my brother, and I was like, check out my story. <laughs> wow, you have an actual memory of writing this. None of the rest of it, but this sentence wow. came back to me because I had originally written, there was armor on the walls. And my brother said, you can't just write, there is armor on the walls. You, you have to say to- what it does when the lion's tail brushes it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not clear what anything is doing when the lion's tail brushes it, Theo. That is the main critique of this book. No, he was like, you have to find a more artful way to describe things. And then I remember just like off the dome, offering this rewrite. So what if I said, the armor that hung off the walls jingled as the lion's tail brushed it and he was like yes like i remember him pointing yes that's it that's the line you're a child (laughs) genius that's what he said so this is a little editorial touch from seth nice shout out (laughs) when we print the official edition of this we're gonna need a footnote saying this was a revision seth was here yeah the footnote saying seth was here i'm sorry just when you originally started telling your story about this comment that seth made you said Mm -hmm. so my mom makes jewelry but like off in the corner was the computer 
But what I heard at first was, my mom makes jewelry, but like off in the corner. <laughs> She's not allowed to make it anywhere else in the house. <laughs> we drew a line. Just in the corner. Like on the floor. <laughs> I mean, look, if she'd be willing to stop listening to NPR for two seconds, we'd let her into another part of the house. I mean but... National Public Radio, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. I get my NPRs mixed up, so. But it does make me wonder, my brother, Seth, helping me revise that sentence, I wonder what other parts of the story have Seth's Mm. impurities, you know? Like, which of this is not actually Theo's child genius? Probably all the good parts. Okay. (laughs) Elias was frightened of this place. He had no idea that this is what it looked like inside the palace. Yeah, because he's never been here <laughs> or in this world. Yeah. And it looked very different than the outside. So That's true. Not what you would expect with a building. <laughs> <laughs> when they reached the top of the stairs, the lion bucked Elias off. Elias looked up at a chair that he thought was the masters. And I always write masters in quotes. <laughs> in quotes. <laughs> because the lion called him master, right? So I guess, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. But like, I'm always, as the author, being kind of like a sassy about it. The master. <laughs> Every author has to be a little sassy sometimes. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I also had a totally different idea of how this lion was carrying Elias up. Like, I I was imagining he, like, grabbed him by the nape of his neck and his (laughs) teeth. But no, he he was apparently riding him this entire time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't clear at all. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, so Elias looked up the chair that he thought was the master's. In the chair was a weird person with bright, pointy hair and a red magician hat. (laughs) A weird person. Yeah, that's, like, the most evocative description I could give is weird. (laughs) Okay. Stand, the man said. Oh. Wait, he has a deep voice. Stand, the man yelled. I mean, he was so tired of doing that voice. <laughs> Elias stood up and looked him in the eye. Hi, he told the man. This dialogue is amazing. <laughs> Stand, hi. <laughs> the man grabbed a staff from behind his chair and pointed it at Elias. Uh, do you want to try to say these magic words? I don't know how to say them. Uh... Elvio toi secolto? Okay, yeah, so you went to a sort of like French thing uh, with the first word toi. Yeah, I did. The T-O-I-S is a pretty f- common French thing. I mean, I was familiar with Harry Potter, but I don't think I realized that those spells were like actual Latin. I think I just thought they were kind of funny words put together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he grabs the staff, points at Elias, says the magic words that you just said, and then a blue ball was thrust straight at Elias. Elias caught it. As if it were a kickball, and it was immediately sucked inside it. Oh. There were blue flames all around him, and he was very hot. This would be something to tell Devin when he got back. I love that description. There were blue flames all around him, and he was very hot. Really? I think it's the flames surrounding you, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I can't quite put the two together. But, oh, okay, yeah, now I know why I'm hot. <laughs> I think that's a good attitude, right? When you're surrounded by a ball of blue flames, don't just pity yourself. Think about, this is going to be a great story to tell Devin when I get back. (laughs) You you might die. You'll probably die, but uh, at least you get a good story out of it. (laughs) The man suddenly looked glad that Elias was here. You're human. Aw, my moment of triumph approaches. (laughs) So I think I meant to write... A-H, like, ah, yeah. my moment of triumph approaches. <laughs> I but I wrote A-W, yeah. like, kind of <laughs> sentimental. Aw. <laughs> Wait, are you reading as aw as in, like, aw, man, or as in, like, aw, that's so cute? Yeah, like, aw, that's sweet. <laughs> maybe he doesn't want to triumph. 
yeah, it's like disappointment. Oh, I didn't want to triumph. Yeah, maybe he just likes the journey. He doesn't want to reach the triumph yet because he's having so much fun. That's what it is. Oh, my moment of triumph approaches. <laughs> Gosh. And then, oh, yes, I forgot to ask you something. Are you alone? Yes. The man's smile grew large at this, and he beckoned his lion to grab him a sheet of paper. The lion did as he was told and handed him the paper. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. (laughs) So, first of all, strange old man asks you if you're alone. (laughs) Do not say yes, (laughs) even if that's the truth. Even if you are in a fantasy world, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, um, is this lion just his secretary? Like, (laughs) hand, grab me a sheet of paper. (laughs) Yeah. And a stapler. (laughs) Eight and a half by 11. Just grab it from the printer. A cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah. It's his intern. Yeah. His unpaid intern is this lion. (laughs) But this is great experience for the lion. Yeah. 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 He'll really be able to leverage this. Oh, and I'll point out that it wasn't just any sheet of paper. It was a paper with something specific written on it. So it's so weird to say, go give me a sheet of paper. (laughs) That's a good point. Because the next sentence says, the man read, when the young one comes alone, the gods will come home. They will go to their old world named Sunstar, even if it will be far. Do you know what that means? <laughs> Why? How would he know what that means? Isn't that so good? Like, I had been clued in that prophecies need to rhyme. Yeah. But I hadn't really been clued in to how metered verse works. Like, these lines are so awkward and unequal. They will go to their old world of Sunstar, even if it will be far. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, no balance. Also, alone, home, that's a pretty... <laughs> you have two lines. <laughs> yeah, the find... ancient prophecy has a slant rhyme. You're going to find two two pairs of words that rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right to criticize you. <laughs> also, it's, it's a prophecy. Like, you should have said to the lion... Grab me the prophecy. (laughs) Grab me a sheet of paper. Oh, this one already has something written on it. I guess I'll read it aloud. Oh, this is the prophecy. Yeah, sure. I guess I can write over this. I don't want to waste paper. I'll just write under the ancient prophecy. That is a wasted sheet of paper. That's an entire sheet of paper with those two lines on it. Okay, so he says, do you know what that means? Elias shook his head. So the man went on. It means you will be the one to bring the gods of Sunstar back to life. <laughs> no ways to time there. Like, I certainly didn't try to draw it out or anything in any way. It's just like, yeah. there's a prophecy, and then he solves it. Do you know what it means? No. Ugh. It means that you're the chosen one. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually prophecies come back at, like, the end of the book or the end of the series <laughs> where you're like, oh, that's what yeah. that meant. No, (laughs) one sentence later. (laughs) So then the man is still talking. If you do this, I will give you 3 million GP and will give you one-tenth of the world that I will have taken over. Do you accept? Elias thought about this for a while and asked, What's GP? The old man sighed and told him what GP was. Wait, yeah, I have so many questions. (laughs) First of all, GP is totally from RuneScape, right? You play... 
you you played RuneScape, or was this a different game? Uh, no, I wrote this before I ever played RuneScape. This was from RPG Maker, which was <laughs> one of the programs I used to make video games when I was a kid. It basically would set up a template for you, and you would just fill it out. And the default currency was GP. Yeah. I never knew what it stood for, <laughs> and you can kind of tell because I never say the full name anywhere in the story. Yeah. <laughs> and he's about to talk a lot about but it. But you know, do you know what it stands for in RuneScape? Gold pieces, I think. Yeah, it's it's gold pieces. <laughs> I definitely didn't know that before. Though. Also, one-tenth of the world that he will have taken over. <laughs> it seems like a really odd way to divvy that up. Also, how do you give someone one-tenth of a world? I guess it's by landmass or... Population, or maybe? I don't know. GDP. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It seems like very speculative. Like a very speculative investment, right? Like, yeah, I'll help you kill these gods of Sunstar with the expectation that whatever world you do get, I'm going to get one-tenth of that. It doesn't seem like a, that great of a deal, right? Well, yeah, and three million GP, which is a currency that Elias does not <laughs> know what that is. Well, here we go. He gets a <laughs> thorough explanation. As we go through this paragraph talking about GP, I want to check in with you every once in a while to get feedback to see how sure you are about what GP is. Because this is an explanation, but I find that it gets more convoluted the more he explains. Well, but before you go there, I just want to know, since Elias has just been asked if he would accept, would you accept, would you accept this deal? (laughs) Three million of some unknown currency and one-tenth of a world you've never seen and you know nothing about. I guess, yeah, I would want to know more about the dangers involved with trying to do this quest. Um, I'd want to know more about literally everything involved in this situation. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I would ask a lot more questions. Instead, Elias said he thought about it for a while and then asked, what's GP? (laughs) It is funny to imagine. He says, I'll give you three million GP and one-tenth of the world. And Elias thinks about it for a while. Like maybe he's pacing around the room, just hmm, hmm, and then finally (laughs) asks, what's GP? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I take your point. I probably wouldn't accept it. I would. Or I would at least try to negotiate it, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so. What's GP? The old man sighed and told him what GP was. And here it goes. I'm going to do the sigh first. (sighs) GP is the thing you trade things for. Like skins, for example. Okay. How sure are you of what GP is at this point? (laughs) Uh, Still pretty low because I also don't know what skins are. (laughs) Are we talking animal skins? I, I think it'll clear up as we get through more. Let's see. The skins might cost 50 GP or 20. <laughs> Sorry. This sentence is so fucking crazy. It sounds, it really sounds like it's translated from a different language. It's more than any other sentence. It sounds like it was translated from another language. The skins might cost 50 GP or 20, comparing on how well the GP's condition and how well the skins condition. All right, how are you feeling now? Do you feel like you get it? That sounds like a classic kid just learning the difference between good and well situation. (laughs) Yeah, getting it totally wrong. I remember when I was a kid, it was since everybody uses good the wrong way, you know, like I'm doing (laughs) good or I'm I'm good or whatever. Uh I always felt like it was like the smarter kids that would just use Uh well all the time. And then you end up using well wrong all the time, but you still think you're really smart. (laughs) You overcorrect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happens with I versus me. It's like, that car almost ran into I. (laughs) Yeah. The phrasing of 
the skins might cost 50 GP or 20. Comparing on how well the skins condition, that is my favorite phrase. <laughs> Comparing on good. how well. Like you can figure out what it means, but <laughs> that is not English. And how well the skins condition. <laughs> I would say I am equally as confused about what GP is as the beginning of this paragraph. Well, okay. We're still working on it, so we'll clear it up. If the skins are wonderful and the GP was in careless condition, you would probably have to pay 60 GP for one skin. You see? (laughs) So I think it is money, but also the condition of the money is important for how much it's worth, Yeah, which is not how our dollars work. That's an interesting take on money. I like how you use the words careless condition. Like you're listing something on eBay and you're like, uh, it's new, like new, careless. I just threw it under my car and ran over it. Like I didn't notice I left it on the floor and I just stepped on it. Yeah, careless isn't, I'm just now realizing that is not a condition. That's more like a, a description of a, an attitude. If careless were a condition, it would have to be like, I forgot I had this item for many years. (laughs) I found it under my bed. (laughs) It's like in the glove box of your car. Yeah, yeah. And it got too hot and it melted. (laughs) That's where all the GP was. Don't buy a car in careless condition. (laughs) Yeah. So the man says all of those things. And then, yes, it's like money, Elias said delightedly. The man and the lion exchanged glances and shrugged, then said, yes, like money. (laughs) Doesn't it seem like they're being really condescending? I also love how they, in this world, have a word for money, and they didn't start there with describing what GP was. Yeah, like the idea of it being money is just so reductive, they didn't know what to say. Like GP is so much more complicated than money. It's like you have no idea. The GP could be in careless condition. Oh, we never really talked about the skins. Yeah, I don't know what skins means. <laughs> I guess it means animal skins. Like you might use it as armor to put on your body. That that also has to be from your RPG maker thing, right? Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. sure. There's no way. There's no way I knew what I was talking about then. <laughs> <laughs> what I love to imagine is that you're at this time you're making games and uh-huh. you have no idea what GP means in the game or a skin. <laughs> And so you, it's almost like you wrote this section just to play it off like, I know what those things are. Maybe you yeah. thought that those were things adults knew about, so you wanted to sound smart. <laughs> yeah, but it's only like really dorky adults. <laughs> yeah, it's just like someone was playing my game and thought, what is he talking about GP and skins for? He doesn't know anything about those things. But then they read the story and they realize Oh, I misjudged him initially. He does know about GP and skins. Was there a companion game to this book? (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think so. That would have been awesome, though. It does seem like something you would have done. Okay, I'll put that on my to-do list. Make a companion game? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It would be so short. It would be really short. And the first level would be kickball. The second level would be like navigating to the spelling bee, going behind the boys' bathroom. Most of the video game about called Quest of the Dragon would be you as a kid in school doing normal kid things. Avoiding beehives, briar bushes, and puddles. Yeah. If you step into any of those, Lisa just comes from like off screen and <laughs> destroys your character. Um, okay, yeah, so they just said, yes, like money. And then Elias had one more question. What's GP look like? (laughs) He's asking all the wrong questions. (laughs) 
He's just been offered 3 million GP in a tenth of the world, and he's so stuck on what it looks like. <laughs> just one more question. This is it. This is the one I have to get off my chest. The, one. the man grabbed something under the table and held it up. It was a long strip of silver with stars spreading over it. The man smiled at its beautifulness. <laughs> That is just an amazing sentence also. I want to just be able to say things like that all the time. I laughed at Joseph's silliness. Beauty would be the the better word there, probably. (laughs) Beautifulness. Is beautifulness a word? I don't think so. There's no underline. There's no red underline. That's true. Spellcheck doesn't know, I guess. Oh, it is a word according to Google, yeah. You invented it in Quest of the Dragon. I coined that term, yeah. You GP'd it. (laughs) All right, now we're going to go into a little more description of GP. Oh, my God. (laughs) So this is the crazy thing. So much of this book, I thought I could say something in one sentence and you would understand what I meant. (laughs) And it never made sense. Like so many parts of the book are like that. And then GP, I go into like a paragraph on what GP (laughs) is. Okay, so yes, this is 100 GP. You see the lines? Well, those are the units. Duh. (laughs) Each star GP unit is 10 GP. Each triangle is 5 GP, and every square is 1. Some GP is different than others. (laughs) Some GP is different than others and is worth more, but we won't get into that yet. (laughs) That's a whole nother paragraph. (laughs) Yeah, I'll wait till you ask another question to give you that paragraph. (laughs) That's chapter three. So do you feel like you understand what GP is now, Joseph? Almost not at all. (laughs) I feel like you had the best understanding before we started this. Right? Like, just say it's gold pieces and move on. (laughs) No, it's a long strip of silver with stars spreading over it. Okay, each star is 10 GP. But there's apparently also triangles and squares. The triangles are five, the squares are one. Seems like it would have been really easy to put numbers instead of... symbols like well some gp is different than others so maybe there is some with numbers oh my god can you imagine if a hundred dollar bill didn't say 100 on it (laughs) it had five stars and 10 triangles yeah five squares I think I did the math right. Yeah, but comparing on how well that dollar's condition was would also affect the value, right? Yeah, if it was in careless condition, (laughs) you're screwed. All right. So, okay, I'm going to back up one sentence because the last sentence of what he says is so funny. So he describes GP. Some GP is different than others and is worth more, but we won't get into that yet. So, do you wish to join me? (laughs) (laughs) Now that I've thoroughly explained everything. Now that I've confused you. (laughs) It also is a really long explanation that tells you almost nothing about GP and absolutely nothing about the world that he's going to take over that you're apparently getting a tenth of, which I would be way more curious about than the GP. (laughs) You and me both. Okay, so... Elias thought about this for a moment and finally changed the bargain. So I spelled bargain wrong. 80 billion GP. Then I will go and free the gods. So he's a great negotiator. The guy offered 3 million and he says 80 billion. That's a solid negotiation there. Are you about to do the percentage? I can hear you calculating it, yeah. Almost 27,000 times as much as he was originally offered. It's a hard bargain. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see your offer and raise you 27,000 times that offer. (laughs) I wish Elias would uh, help me negotiate my salary, though. (laughs) 
I'll take 27,000 times what you're offering me. Yeah, that's a fair salary you're offering me, but how about an astronomical one? <laughs> how about an unheard of amount of money that is more than the revenue you bring in every year? It's also funny because, like, based on my explanation, 80 billion GP, you know, comparing on how well the condition is, it could be worth less than the 3 million. So That's true. <laughs> that's what this guy's probably thinking. He's like, I'm going to give him 80 billion in careless condition. <laughs> yeah, careless condition. So the man smiled and replied, 80 billion it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's how negotiations work. Elias was escorted to his room by the lion, who smiled as he closed the door. His master would give him his milk. He had found the human that would destroy the land of Sunstar. All right. So he's destroying it? Or he's bringing the gods back to life? Yeah. He's freeing the gods? I feel like that's been said a few different ways now. I guess I'm going to have to give a little bit of a spoiler to answer your question. But I think this is the evil doing that has been hinted at this whole time, this whole chapter. Oh, we got there. We've been wasting a lot of time counting all those small evil doings. But I think this guy, the master, I think he's like the bad guy. He's tricking Elias into doing his bidding. Yeah. So that last bit is just like foreshadowing. Yeah, no. Yeah, that that makes (laughs) sense. That makes sense. I Um, I picked up on that. But also it's it's called evil doings multiple. So I guess we did have to count those minor evil doings as well. (laughs) What do you think about being the chosen one? Hmm. Just in general, would I like to be the chosen one? Yeah, what do you think about that idea? I would like to be the chosen one. That sounds nice. Unless it was a really stressful task. Like freeing the gods of Sunstar? It could be fun. Sign me up. Well, I have a story that I can tell about being the chosen one that I think is probably me at my most egomaniacal. (laughs) Oh, good. So I had this idea as a kid for like what would be maybe an interesting plot for a story where there's a god of some kind. And that god created all of the world and has various machinations for affecting the world. But then the god realizes, I don't actually know what it feels like to be a human. Maybe I will change how I'm affecting this world if I know what it's like to be a human. That god says, I'm going to go down to earth and be a human for, let's say, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to get all my powers back and I'm going to be god again. But I'm going to wipe my memory so I don't know that I was god before. Then when I go down to earth, I can truly have the human experience. (laughs) But then I can get my powers back and I can be a more benevolent, empathetic ruler. Mm -hmm. So I thought, that's a cool idea for a story. But then I thought, wait, what if that's me? (laughs) And I would think, oh, probably like nine years old. That's when I'm going to get my powers back. But then that birthday would roll by and I wouldn't have my powers back. So then I would think, maybe 12. Maybe 12 is the year. <laughs> These are odd numbers. You're not even going with like 10, 15, 9, 12. Yeah, I mean, I actually hope I wasn't still thinking this at 12. But... Yeah, you were thinking it every single year. <laughs> You're thinking maybe next I year. I mean, I do think every now and then, like whenever a birthday rolls by, I do remember that. I think, hmm, 25, kind of a special year. This is the one. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think I would have minded being the chosen one. I think that's a pretty common thing to want to be the chosen one. Yeah. That's why Harry Potter is so popular. That's why I like Harry Potter. Yeah, that's true. I was always thought it would be cool to just find out that I was famous and rich and knew magic. But <laughs> it'd be nice. Would you have wanted to be the god of a place? I do remember thinking, like, taking note of things and thinking, when I get my powers back, (laughs) I'm going to be a wrathful god. Going down. (laughs) Oh, you made fun of me for the mullet. (laughs) This may make you feel a little better because, let me just say this, actually, your story, Mm -hmm. other than the wiping his memory thing, that is Christianity. (laughs) That is 
God and Jesus, the whole thing. Yeah, I definitely think I had some inspiration, yeah, from Jesus. Yeah, yeah. so a little derivative. (laughs) So I grew up Catholic and I went to a Catholic school and Catholics believe that there's going to be a second coming and that is going to sort of kick off things towards the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. But I definitely remember thinking as a kid, what if I'm the second coming of Jesus? I could be. I probably would have known, but. Yeah, I guess I don't know the Bible at all. Like, really? Did Jesus know he was, he knew he was God's son, right? Because he was the whole virgin birth and everything. Yeah, he did know he was the son of God the whole time. But God didn't send him down there to learn how to be a more empathetic God, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know why he did that. Yeah, it sort of just seemed like, oh, I like that Mary girl. You know, I mean, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think his whole reason for doing it was so that he could like reveal himself to humans oh. and like sort of like get followers, get yeah. likes and followers, subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he did it for the gram. He did it for the, for the likes. Um, but also, I distinctly remember thinking if I'm maybe the second coming of Jesus, I might also be the Antichrist. <laughs> so that was a little worrisome. Okay. I don't think I would have minded. I would have just thought it's awesome that I have special powers, even if I'm the Antichrist. <laughs> Do you think you would have had a problem with it? Uh, no, as a kid, I I was devout Catholic as a oh. kid. And I, I was just learning all of that stuff. So there was no reason for me not to believe any of it. So I, I believed all of it full <laughs> on. Not to get too, you know... Theological. We've we've already crossed that line. This is metaphysical hour again. Um, (laughs) One of the biggest reasons why I stopped Mm -hmm. being religious and being Christian was because I remember being terrified of the devil. (laughs) Like, really? I believed in him absolutely as a kid because, you know, I I had a religion class. They teach you that the devil's real and that demons are real and all that stuff. It's a really horrifying thing to believe is real as a kid. (laughs) They taught you in class that sinning or doing anything not good is the devil like working through you. Oh, right. So, and you're being tempted by the devil, that sort of thing. So I don't know that I necessarily had a physical image of him in mind that I was afraid of. I was just more afraid of like ghosts, demons. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm just uh-huh. saying we shouldn't teach this stuff to kids. It's really terrifying <laughs> to believe that as a kid. Yeah, uh, but I guess I'm wondering like, so this wasn't something that would make you sleep with the light on. It wasn't that kind of scary, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I slept with the light on for a long time, but I would turn on the light in the hallway mm. and leave my door open so that the light kind of came yeah. through. I always remember like doing the thing where you stagger the lights, like you turn one on, then you go to the next room, turn that one on, you go back and turn that off and you're always retracing <laughs> your steps as you make your way through the house. Definitely. <laughs> no, it's because the devil was after you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still is. Still terrified. All right. That took a weird turn for this podcast. Yeah, it got this a little a, serious. Sorry. Yeah, that's good. I was just actually thinking at that moment, like, whoa, this is one of those moments where a silly podcast gets serious. Like, this is our award show moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, we've totally gotten over our egotistical <laughs> selves. <laughs> and we just had our award show moment, baby. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, an actor will take on a dramatic role because they're trying to win an award. Yeah. So that was our moment. We just got real with Christianity. Yeah. We're getting an Oscar for this. <laughs> you know, it's like normally movies, right? But I think this year there's 
an extra category for best serious <laughs> run in a silly podcast. Best yeah. metaphysical conversation in a comedy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Should we keep reading? We're so close to the end of the chapter. We can do it. Okay. So I just want to point out that was another opportunity to end the chapter. He had found the human that would destroy the land of Sunstar. Like that's a great cliffhanger, you know? And there was some before Elias first goes into the fantasy world. He walked through and found himself in another world. Elias let Devin go home by himself that day. I feel like that would be a good into a chapter, but this... Next paragraph is how I choose to end the chapter, which I think is indicative of what I thought was the most dramatic thing. The next day, Devin came to school horrified. (laughs) So kind of a weird tense on that, right? (laughs) Yeah, already horrified. Not going to tell us how that happened? Yeah, it's not like he arrived and saw something and he was horrified. It was like he was horrified on the car ride to school, <laughs> walking to class. He was scared of the devil. <laughs> yeah, the scared of the devil. <laughs> he was just in shock for like two hours. Okay. <laughs> Elias wasn't there to tell him the answers. Devin plunged into his seat and hid his head under his desk. That sounds really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no symbolizing a thumbs up under your desk today, huh, Devin? <laughs> yeah. First came the spelling test. Lisa wasn't in class because she had won the spelling bee. She had won on the word Devin had studied for hours and hours. Streuselkuchen. <laughs> he had no idea what this word meant, though. <laughs> Is that a real word? When I had that spelling bee in fourth grade, that was one of the words in the study book. And because my brother said, we need to find the longest word and you're going to study that one. <laughs> I learned how to spell that one. But yeah, I don't know what it means. I, I just looked it up. Okay, what does it mean? <laughs> I feel like this is such a <laughs> such a cop out for an, an English language spelling bee because it means crumb cake. It mean it, it just means crumb cake in German. It's it means what? German crumb cake. Why was that allowed in my spelling bee? According to Wikipedia, it says it is also known in English speaking countries as crumb cake. <laughs> so it's okay. not even a special kind of crumb cake. It is just crumb cake. It's bullshit. Really, where do you draw the line? <laughs> it seems like it seems absurd that this would be considered yeah. an English word. Yeah, it's like on the spelling bee they say spell C and you say S E E. And they say, uh-uh, uh-uh, we were looking for S-I. <laughs> the Spanish word. <laughs> Spanish for yes. Okay, so they had the spelling test. Devin was so angry that he forgot to take the test and got a zero. <laughs> God, he's such a fuck That up. seems like a weird combo of emotions. I was so angry that I forgot <laughs> to take a test. Maybe he was so angry that he didn't take the test. <laughs> it seems more... He, like, tore the test up or something, yeah. Right, but no, he's yeah. so angry <laughs> that he lost his memory and apparently his ability to look around and see that everyone else was <laughs> taking the test. And what's he angry about? He's angry that Lisa won on Struselkuchen or that Elias isn't there? I don't know. Yeah, I think he's angry about Elias, but yeah, I don't know. Social studies was worse. Everyone expected Devin to answer the questions, but he answered none and was scared. <laughs> For next was math. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> I know. I'm going to do a retake because I laughed. <laughs> Everyone expected Devin to answer the questions, but he answered none and was scared. <laughs> I can't laugh. I can't. I can't help myself. I mean, I was like half laughing the whole time. I'm not going to be able to do it. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, but he answered none and was scared for next was math. <laughs> like there's something weirdly formal about it. For next was math. Yeah. Math was his best subject. 
because Elias was always with him. He accidentally forgot Elias was gone when he was pretending to listen to the teacher and raised his hand to one of the questions. He got called on and was immediately startled by what he did. Two times four. Nine. Wow. <laughs> I also just thought it's crazy. It's just crazy that the, the entire day he's so angry, horrified, and scared that Elias is not there. And then he just forgets. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even realize he's raising his hand, too. <laughs> and of course, he can't answer it because Elias isn't there to tell him with his fingers. Okay, so this next sentence is just totally crazy. The teacher did her, can someone help him talk? <laughs> I think I'm being like kind of <laughs> critical of her. Like I'm saying she has these canned phrases like, oh, can someone help him talk? That That's what I'm picking up from this. Like the teacher has her like. Yeah, like the canned phrases. Or her motions that she does with her hands or something that's like <laughs> indicates can someone help him talk. But it's just kind of funny because it's like <laughs> it's just not normal to say can someone help him talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it is pretty normal to say the teacher did her can someone help him talk. Like there's no <laughs> punctuation. Okay. I'm just going to point out, just to get serious for a moment, this story is not very kind to the female characters. Like, the number of times I describe them as evil (laughs) and, like, saying, oh, the teacher did her blah, 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 (laughs) it's not good. And I apologize for young Theo. Yeah. All right. Getting back to it. Devin felt purely humiliated when Hank, of all people, Mm. got the right answer. He hasn't showed up for a while, I feel like. Good old Hank and... Devin glared at him but couldn't help doing what all perfectionists do if they get something wrong. He cried. (laughs) That's the cliffhanger. Yeah, I know. Isn't that amazing? That's the end of the chapter. This is the peak of the drama. (laughs) Devin gets lots of answers wrong and cries. I have to just go into a little more detail here. So perfectionists, whenever they do something wrong, they always cry. (laughs) I cried all the time when I was a kid about nothing, absolutely nothing. And my parents would always tell me, It's just because you're a perfectionist, Theo. You need to learn to let things go and not take them so seriously. And then you won't feel as bad, so you won't cry as much. So I'm basically parroting what my parents said, but they were trying to convince me of a way to get past it. I just sort of said it as if it was like a fact. (laughs) All perfectionists do this. If they get something wrong, they all cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it almost sounds like you kind of thought it was a badge of honor to be a perfectionist. So you were like, this explains why I cry all the time. It's because I'm perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I definitely thought I was a perfectionist. Yeah. What all perfectionists would do if they got something wrong, just something wrong, (laughs) anything wrong. Yeah. They would cry. He's definitely gotten things wrong earlier in this story. Yeah. That's the other thing is that there's no evidence that Devin is a perfectionist. His room is a mess because he doesn't know how to clean it. He gets lost all the time. time. Elias supplies him with all the answers. He doesn't know what to order at lunch. Like he doesn't do anything right. I guess at some point at this story, me, Theo, forgot that he wasn't a perfectionist. (laughs) Or you thought that the only thing important was getting math questions right (laughs) in class. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) not so far from the truth. All the other stuff is just exposition. This is is the meat of the story, (laughs) the math questions. This will only be the tip of the iceberg of stories about me crying, but I'll give a few examples of ridiculous things I cried about. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm setting the stage. Kindergarten. Miss Richmond is the assistant teacher. She's passing out papers. 
She finishes passing them out. And then she says, oh, I have this extra sheet. Does anyone want it? (laughs) Yeah. Does anyone want it as a prophecy on it? (laughs) No, she says, I have this extra paper. Is anyone missing one? And I look down and I don't have a paper. And so I start raising my hand and she sees me raising my hand. And I remember her like hustling across the room running. She was like, no, 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 don't cry. But it was already too late, of course, because I was already (laughs) crying about not getting a paper. Wow. And she was about to give me one. (laughs) There's another time when I was in first grade and I dropped my pencil under my desk and bent down to pick it up. And on my way back up, bam, hit the back of my head on the desk. And I was like crying my eyes out, you know, which I think a lot of kids would do. Yeah, you hit your head. That's (laughs) that's a pretty standard reason to cry. But I don't know if all kids would do the next thing. I was crying and my friend Kyrie from across the room said, he's a wimp. And then I heard that and he insulted my honor. So in the midst of crying, I was sitting next to my friend Louisa and I turned to her and point to her violently with my finger shaking. And I said, you did it. You moved the desk back. <laughs> you, you did, did it. it on purpose. Oh, nice. I remember saying that exact thing. You did it on purpose. And she was just like, <laughs> no, what? No, I didn't. Wow. So that's that one. And then there's one more. And still, I want to reiterate, this is the tip of the iceberg. But this is the last one I'm going to say today. (laughs) So I went to the Young Writers Conference in fifth grade. And I'll have more stories about that in a later episode. Uh, yeah, I need more updates. I, I had no idea about that. That that changes the context <laughs> of this entire novel. But There's a different story that I wrote for that. So once we cover that story, oh, yes. that's where I'll tell all the stories about the Young Writers Conference. Oh, by the way, I just I just found, an, like recently found another story that I wrote. <gasps> a very like obnoxious, like chosen one type story. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I hope I catch that. I think yeah, it's around here somewhere. But sorry, go ahead. So the Young Writers Conference was just like a one-day thing, and they held it at a local university. But they were picking up everyone who went to the elementary schools in my area on one bus, everyone who wanted to do it. But from my school, the only ones doing it were me and that girl who beat me at the spelling bee. So you know I wasn't going to sit with her. But as I was sitting by myself on the bus, I was like so shy and so scared to talk to anyone. And everyone else knew each other, and they were having conversations. And I remember looking out the window, feeling like, oh, man, I might start crying soon. And so then (laughs) I started coming up with reasons why I might be crying. So I would have an explanation when they asked me. Nice. And the reason was obviously that I was just... Lonely. (laughs) Yeah, lonely. Yeah. But the reason I came up with that I was going to tell people for why I was crying, I actually managed not to cry. But the reason I came up with was I've never been away from home for so long. (laughs) The trip to this college was about 45 minutes. Wow. So anytime I went to school, I was away from home for longer than that. So that was (laughs) like the most ridiculous lie. (laughs) Also, like, how would that have been any better than saying I was lonely? (laughs) I think my favorite of those stories is definitely not getting your paper immediately (laughs) (laughs) and having to come back and give you your paper. Because the solution was there. She was coming to give it to me and I still cried. I don't remember crying a lot, but the time I was most embarrassed that I cried Mm -hmm. when I was younger was in math class. I was in the advanced math class, Uh and I wasn't originally supposed to be there because I originally took the test. I tested into the like normal math class and I was totally fine with that. Both of my friends were in that in that class when I went home and told my parents because they knew that I had that test that day. They were like, which one did you get in? I was like, oh, the normal one. 
And they were like, that's not right. <laughs> my mom <laughs> went back to the teacher and told her to let me retake it. And so I retook it and tested it into the advanced math. Aww. And so I was always a little like insecure about being in the advanced math yeah. because I didn't think I was supposed to be there. And one time when we graded homework, the teacher wouldn't grade it. She would just have us each like exchange our paper with someone else's um, and then she would go through the answers and we would grade other people's homework yeah one time i just got a horrible grade like i got like one question right and i just got my paper back and started crying <laughs> and uh the teacher came back with me and she felt so bad for me she grabbed my paper and was like went to the back of the classroom with me and went over it with me and she's like well you know what this times this is right and i'll be like yeah, I think it's this. And she's like, yeah, that's right. And then she would like change it to be oh. correct on my thing. And she did. She changed my entire paper until I had a hundred. Wow. So you got a lot of redos on tests, huh? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, all you got to do is throw a good cry in there once in a while. <laughs> what is that crazy psychological experiment that teachers do where they have you trade papers with someone and grade each other's papers? That's horrible. <laughs> it is bad, but I totally get it because if I were a teacher... I would totally get my students to grade each other's things instead of me having to grade. I always hated that, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess because I was a perfectionist, so anything I got wrong was <laughs> so embarrassing. The, the, I, I thought, like, one of the most embarrassing things that could happen in those situations was when someone else was grading your paper and they would ask, they'd be like, well, so it's not this, is it? And they would say your yeah. answer, uh, and it was clearly the person yeah. grading your paper in front of the whole class, and they'd be like, no, that's not right. Yeah. And then you just had to sit there and be like, why'd you say anything? <laughs> yeah, that happened all the time. Do you think they knew what they were doing? Like they were trying to embarrass you? I think probably not, but at the time, it definitely felt like it was intentional. Yeah, it was supposed to be north, right? Not west. <laughs> That's a specific one I remember. Yeah, it's like, obviously, <laughs> mark it wrong. Oh, that's a specific example of one? In fourth grade, I remembered that, yeah. <laughs> that's so annoying. Because I didn't understand that the compass always stayed the same direction. I thought it was, like, left and right. Right. So then later, to that guy who had pointed out that I had gotten the wrong answer, I was like, yeah, but if you turned 90 degrees, <laughs> then it would be north. It's like, maybe it's not north to you. <laughs> but later I did learn that. I know now, yeah. I'm still figuring it out. You were a boy scout. Come on. <laughs> okay, so that's chapter one. We completed chapter one. That feels like a huge accomplishment. I feel like we've been on this chapter for years. <laughs> it's pretty long, though. I'm actually really starting to like this story. I don't know if it's like Stockholm Syndrome or something, but maybe it's because <laughs> the fantasy is finally here. I don't know. I'm liking it. Yeah, and it's very exciting. I'm just kind of peeking into chapter two already. The very first two words... Can I say them? Yeah, go ahead. Or is that giving too much away? Entice them, yeah. I know you're excited about it. It starts with the dragon. <laughs> Quest of the dragon. We're there. <laughs> yeah, the next chapter is called The Runaway. As with the first chapter, there's no explanation for why that's the title, I think. This has already run pretty long, so I don't know if we need to do any questions. Um, what would you rate the book, though? Five stars. Oh, five stars? Out of 1,000. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> No. Uh, what what scale am I rating on? Is this a am I rating this on how good it is for being written by a child genius? 
Well, I mean, comparing on how well the condition is of those stars that you're rating with, it might change, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not quite careless condition, my stars. I would rate this six <laughs> skins out of six. <laughs> this is a six skin book. 80 billion GP. <laughs> this book is a three million GP book on a total scale of 80 billion GP. <laughs> This book is one-tenth of the world that I will have taken over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have another question that I think might be interesting, but I don't know if you're going to be into it. (laughs) Okay. Only one way to find out. (laughs) So you know how in, like, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, they have light motives, which are these musical themes that are associated with a certain character, an idea? Mm. Like in Lord of the Rings, the ring has a light motive. And the Shire has one. Yeah. And it always plays whenever that thing is on screen. I always thought those were called themes, but uh, but yeah. Light motive is more specific to dramatic works. Okay. Wagner was the one who made them up. This is just a little music education for everyone. <laughs> hey, music education hour. We got another segment. I love God, it. I have to write another jingle for music. <laughs> we, can, we can make it a, a light motive for this segment every time this segment comes back we'll play the light motive but something special about light motives is they'll often change depending on the circumstances so you might take the same thing but make it in a minor key to make it sound sad Mm. so normally it's in a major key and then like let's say the character has a funeral and their theme is put into a minor key so those are the interesting things you can do with a light motive but i'm wondering if we made this book into a movie which is going to happen, no doubt. Is that after the video game? or <laughs> I guess usually the movie comes before the video game, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, we want to work on our synergy. We want this perfect rollout of all <laughs> of the Quest of the Dragon franchises. I think first things first, we'll probably need to finish the book. Yeah. It needs at least a half of a chapter more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm curious if you can think of anything from the story that you think deserves its own music, like any person or anything. I think Lisa would get her own little, like, oh, the yeah. the bad guys come in sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something sort of low and sinister. Every time Old Stanky makes an appearance, <laughs> Old Stanky would need a light motive. Old Stanky should get like beautiful... Ethereal. Yeah, ethereal. Like shimmering string chords. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a chorus. Oh, like that sort of thing. But stinky. It kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to put some stank on it. Put a little sure. stink on it, yeah. <laughs> and then once you go into the world of Old Stanky, it's just playing that chord constantly really loudly. <laughs> just unbearable. You can't hear any yeah. of the dialogue. You don't need to hear the dialogue. It's not that great. <laughs> What do you want? Stand. Hi. Silence. 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 Just begging the chord to stop playing. Maybe Lisa's could be based on the sound of someone falling into a puddle. Or a little beehive noise. Yeah, this is a little yeah. buzzing. I mean, definitely every evil doing needs a little musical cue. For right? sure. Yeah, I think each character would have to have their own sort of... Devin and Elias would need their own kind of theme music or whatever. Elias would need some sort of like computer sounding music to show that he's like calculating everything. He's really smart. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool because <laughs> he's me. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Let's call that segment. Now anybody can be a composer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now Joseph's a composer. <laughs> Great. Now Joseph's a composer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on one second. I use the bathroom again. Man, you never get up and use the bathroom during these. I know, but I've been farting the whole time. (laughs) Nice.
<laughs> Glad we don't have smell a vision. Ooh. Oh. Looks like I'm the old stinky now. <laughs> and cut right there. <laughs> Looks like I'm old stinky. Yeah, so now. I guess we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and then the theme song starts playing. <laughs> um, do people like fart jokes? Should I leave that in? <laughs> Uh, people love fart jokes. Uh, I think that's pretty universal. <laughs> I think it's actually one of the less universal topics of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I think we've done enough for today. We did it. Jeez, I'm so tired. We've done so much for you guys. You owe us. You should thank us. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you just listened to us read Quest of the Dragon. We got through the first chapter. We love audience engagement, so... Make sure you send us any fan art, fan theories, theme songs. Send us your own stories. Is there anything else we want fans to do? Fan fiction. Oh, right. Fan fiction. Right. Yeah. I guess I guess that is like a fan story. Or no, a fan fiction about this part, about Theo and I. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I want people writing fan fiction about us. Because you know it's going to get steamy, right? So <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> write it. Somebody That's write it. That's the only it. reason anyone writes fan fiction, right? About two guys. I, I don't read a lot of fan fiction, to be honest. But yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Don't write that. Yeah, I would recommend not doing that. But write it about three cowboys or... Andy and Ralph. <laughs> Andy and Ralph. Yeah. If only Grandpa had had both of them at the same time, what would have happened? <laughs> Who knows? There would have been a lot of humping. <laughs> yeah. Some humping a little more dangerous than other humping. Yeah. yeah, don't forget to rate and review Three Cowboys on Smashwords. I know I didn't reiterate it so much on this episode, but you got to do it. Still important. Make sure you spread the word to all your friends and family about this podcast. I have another way you can get the word out for the podcast. Do you want to hear it, Joseph? Oh, yeah. You can make t-shirts with our podcast feed URL printed on them. Oh. And make about 100 of those and then donate them to your nearest Goodwills. I like it. So then anyone shopping at Goodwill will see that RSS feed URL and they will know that they're supposed to copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. To subscribe to our feed. I like how you are on the automatic assumption that you wouldn't be giving these to people to wear. <laughs> You'd give them straight to Goodwill because presumably no one would wear these. <laughs> yeah, your best chance of having someone seeing it is just them flipping through the clothes in Goodwill. Yeah. I hadn't even realized how little confidence I had in that t-shirt. <laughs> You could also put a QR code on the t-shirt and then oh. they wouldn't have to type it in. If someone but. puts a QR code on a t-shirt, does that mean everyone around them is just scanning their chest all the time? Seems kind of awkward. I'd put it on the back. If I were walking behind someone and they had a QR code on their back, I probably I probably would check it out. <laughs> I'm too curious not to. What if the QR code is just a link to a picture of the front of them? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> or another picture of the back of them. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was a link to, like, the fan fiction for this podcast. No! We told you not to make that. <laughs> you promised you wouldn't make that. <laughs> Do we have to say anything else? Do I feel we like have we're to done. say anything else? Goodbye, I guess. I don't know. Goodbye, guess. Yeah, uh, goodbye. Yeah, the theme song starts now. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta actually come up with a theme song. Just, I don't think we can just say that and it'll play. <laughs> well... The thing is, you haven't been listening to the episodes. It does play. When you say that, it does play. I add it in later. I gave myself away. I mean, we've basically made this joke every episode, and you still haven't heard it. I will continue to make this joke. Yeah, maybe we'll come up with another joke. 
Like maybe there's one where you'll just keep talking and I will have already started playing the theme song and I'll be like, shut up, the theme song's playing. That would be good. Would that be a funny one? <laughs> That's kind of the same joke though, isn't it? Or you could just play the theme song over me talking. I wouldn't mind. Just throughout the whole episode? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just replace my audio with a loop of the theme song. <laughs> Why, yes, theme song. I think you have a point. <laughs> but I would keep getting scared of that stinger all the time. Whoa. <laughs> and for some reason, we would still need to record this podcast every time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would just like do it until you listen to the episodes to prove how long you've gone without listening to the episodes. All right, all right. I'll listen to an episode. I'm just messing with you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I bet the whole theme song played, so we're going to need to do it again. Now it's over. Okay. Nice. Done recording. That was a short one. <laughs> I thought you were saying theme song was over. Oh, so you were saying that was a short theme song? Yeah. I thought you meant between the two theme songs that was an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, should I stop recording now? I'm stopping. <laughs> All right. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.